hour number three of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And often, hour number three of the show is the most interesting of the program, and I think that will probably be the case this week. It's certainly going to be the most unusual. I doubt very often you've ever heard a nationally syndicated radio talk show host talk about their arrest um, (laughs) in in quite the same way that I'm going to talk about what happened to me this week. And let me make it very clear that this story is important, not just because it happened to me and I'm the, the host of the program, and so inherently that's something we would discuss normally, I don't think, Leah, that the significance of this story really has anything to do at all with the substance of the so-called Penn State scandal or the Jerry Sandusky story. What what ended up happening here has a lot more to do with issues of free speech, uh, of freedoms of association, uh, of being treated equally uh, despite your political views, um, things like that, police Brutality, I think, is an important issue here. And it's also just an amazing story because it's something I've never experienced to this extent before. I I once was put in handcuffs rather famously um, (laughs) back, uh, what year was this, 2009, when Katie Couric got an award from USC here in Los Angeles, a Walter Cronkite Journalism Award for laughable right for impacting the election that was actually the that was what it was for i'm not making that up it was for impacting the election with her sarah palin interview and i had done a movie called medium malpractice how obama got elected and palin was targeted and all i did was show up and i wanted to give people who were entering that award ceremony because i couldn't get in because i could not get uh, a, a spot a ticket a reservation whatever you want to call it so i was just standing outside wanting to give people copies of my movie and um, I was <laughs> was handcuffed and removed. Now, interestingly, the authorities there at USC thought better of actually charging me because I think they saw this is a really bad idea. Yes. And, and so I was not charged in that situation. Um, and had I not had to get a, a flight to Louisville, Kentucky for a screening of the movie that night, I probably would have been fine with my arrest. But I thought I can't get arrested. I got to catch a flight. So, you know, I was happy with them to say, okay, we're we're just going to drop the charges. Just go. Just leave. Get out of here. And I went on Fox News Channel that night and, you know, on the Greta Van Susteren program. And, and, you know, it's still to this day, it's kind of a it's more of a funny type of episode. I I, I look at that as, yes, it was outrageous, but bottom line, it was more funny than anything else. You're laughing in every picture where you're handcuffed. You know, but I'm laughing in a in a weird way, though. People misinterpret that. I was laughing that time because I didn't know what the hell was going on. I just thought, this is so insane. This is so absurd. So I, it was almost like a nervous laughter type of thing. Like, how in the world is this happening? Like, incredulous. What happened this week is very different. It is far more serious. And so here's the story. So... Of all the liars in this story that I've been covering now for almost five years, the most obvious and the most heinous is a guy by the name of Matt Sandusky, although he he famously changed his name from Sandusky to Davidson, and I guess he realized if he wanted to be a celebrity 
sex victim, sex abuse victim that uh, no one cared about, Matt Davidson. So then he changed it back to Sandusky for some reason. Oh, wow. Which, which, really? Right. That, I mean, there's a hundred different things I could tell you about him that makes you go, wait a minute. There's no way he's an abuse victim. <laughs> That's probably the most easily understood. You wouldn't change your name back to Sandusky if you were really abused by your adopted dad. I mean, none of his – he's got five adopted siblings. None of them believe him. They all know he's lying. His, his mom knows he's lying. His dad, of course, says he's lying. And there's a million different reasons why I know he's lying. So he's the biggest, most obvious liar in the whole deal. And he's been going around the country doing these speeches and getting awards. He got a major award in South Florida with big-time celebrities at the event uh, a few weeks ago for community service, this oh guy. I mean, let me, let's be very clear who this guy is. He, he lived in the worst, most heinous, horrific environment a kid could grow up in. The Sandusky's saved him. Uh, had him as a foster kid. He he begged them to adopt him at the age of 18, well after the alleged abuse occurred. Right. And they gave him the greatest life he could have possibly imagined. They picked him out of hell and gave him a heavenly existence. And for the first part of Jerry's uh, scandal, he supported Jerry big time. Of course he did. He was going to testify for He actually Jerry. did testify for him in the grand jury. He testified for him. But then in the middle of the trial, basically what happened was he saw he saw that the handwriting was on the wall. This was the Salem witch trial. I need to get out of here. I need to abandon ship. I need to become a victim because they're paying money for this. And let's see if I can make this work for me. And he was smart enough to realize that that's what, exactly what was going to happen. He read the tea leaves and he read it right. And no one gave him any kind of scrutiny at all. Uh, and it wouldn't have taken much scrutiny because he did an interview with o- Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> did you ever see the Oprah Winfrey interview? Uh, no, uh, Leah. I did not. I, I did not. I urge people if they're interested. And I'm not going to talk too much more about him because I need to get to the story of what actually happened. But if you if you need proof of what a liar this guy is, just go to YouTube and check out John Ziegler, Matt Sandusky, Oprah Winfrey, or just even Matt Sandusky, you know, lied to Oprah Winfrey. And I did an extensive video with the the video from the Oprah Winfrey interview. And all she had to do was ask him because she's like holding his hand the whole time, right? Until the oh. end, of, till the inter, end of the interview, she says, "So, um, how do we know you're telling the truth?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, well, I'm just trying to help." I mean, that's almost exactly. His, I mean, it was it's pathetic. And I mean, I already knew he was lying before then, but that sealed it. And anybody who looks at that and that answer says the exact same thing. It's obvious he's lying. So. For the first time, he was going to do a speaking engagement, not just in Pennsylvania, but very close to State College, where Penn State is. And you were with me when we went after O.J. Simpson for um, trying to do autograph sessions in Los Angeles after his acquittal. And we were very successful in in um, making sure that that did not spread beyond those right. uh, those events. And we are directly responsible. It's a direct domino effect from those events being disrupted. And O.J. Simpson being in jail today. Yep. Absolutely. The contagion has been collected and set off to the side. Right. Now <laughs> We so, stopped the spread of the disease. That's a fairly good analogy there, Leah. Mm-hmm. And, and so and while this was a different situation, and I had no intentions of doing what we did with O.J., I mean, my God, I was able to get away. In retrospect, gee, I wonder why I was able to do all sorts of things in the O.J. Simpson's uh, case, uh, you know, when he came to try to do those autograph sessions. 
that was a thousand times more disruptive than anything I even dreamed about doing with Matt Sandusky. But I guess the difference is LAPD not real sympathetic to O.J. Simpson at all for some reason. I can't really figure out why that might have been the case, why we were allowed to do whatever the heck we wanted with O.J. uh, in Northridge uh, some 10 years ago. Uh, So anyway, so I, I felt like this was a line that that was not should not be allowed to be crossed by this liar. And I knew that his mom, Dottie Sandusky, with whom I've gone on the day, to the to the Today Show with Matt Lauer um, a couple of years ago, and uh, Matt's one of his adopted siblings, Jeff Sandusky, were also going to be there. So I thought, you know what? I need to be there. I just I need to be there at the very least so that somebody knows the truth in case somebody there actually wants to find out what happened. I don't know if he is he going to answer questions. Is he going to sign his book? Uh, you know, will there be people there who are curious about the real story and will want to ask me questions. So I just want to be there. I want to see, you know, how this fraud really operates because I've never met him. And I also wanted to play some golf because I had had an invite to play Oakmont Country Club in Pittsburgh where they're going to have the U.S. Open next month. So I tried to combine. Two birds with one stone. Right. I, that, yeah, right. If it had only been one stone for either one, I would not have gone, for better or for worse. <laughs> you could do uh, them both. Yeah. Well, in retrospect, I, I wish we hadn't gotten both stones because uh, it turned out to be a bigger disaster than I ever possibly imagined, at least in the short run. Long run, maybe not. But I'll explain when we come back on the John and Leah show. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow, and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And um, in the midst of telling a, a story that's going to probably blow your mind in many, many ways, uh, but I, I mean, have limited time, so I need to get right to it. So, Leah, if you have questions at any point during this story, please pipe in or okay. you can wait till the end of it. But here's basically what happened. So. I go to Pennsylvania, and on Wednesday, I spent most of the day at Oakmont Country Club hitting balls and hanging out and you know, in the clubhouse, having lunch. Wonderful day. That's where they're having the U.S. Open in a, in a month or so. I've always wanted to be there. It was a, it's a great place. I had a really wonderful day with a great guy. And, I, I, and then I drive across the state of Pennsylvania about uh, three and a half hours to go to this event where Matt Sandusky, celebrity sex abuse victim in the Sandusky case, who I'm positive is lying, 
is doing his first event in Pennsylvania. And as I'm driving, I'm actually, for me, I'm feeling really good. You know, I don't, as you know, we live for a long time. It's rare that I'm feeling good about anything. Amen to that. Um, and, and, and I actually remember as I'm driving thinking, uh-oh, wait a minute. There must be something wrong here. <laughs> no, seriously, because whenever I'm feeling good, I, I automatically think, all right, something bad's about to happen. And it actually occurred to me as I was driving, am I walking in to a setup? A trap. Right. Am I walking into a trap? That occurred to me, but I, it, there was nothing I could do about it regardless at that point. And I was there to, just to make a point. I mean, I, I was there out of principle. I had no real plan. Yeah, I didn't I, know if you had planned on standing up and confronting him. No, I was going to – I've been – this was, as you know, Leah, this was not my first rodeo. Of course not. <laughs> so I'm, you I'm, wing it. I am an expert in this in this endeavor, all right, and 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 to be an expert, you have it's like a quarterback, you know, calling an audible at the line of scrimmage. You see what the defense is, right? You see what the True. defense is, and then you call the play at the line of scrimmage. Well, when I got there, I saw what the defense was, <laughs> and um, much to my shock, although it shouldn't have been, there were two police cars already there. Now, mm. now, how many sex abuse victim speeches? have not one but two police cars there before the event ever began. I would venture to guess never in history has that happened. So I go to the front door, and I have registered for this event. This is a public event, well-publicized. I have a ticket in my name. It's yes. on the ticket. You can see this on the web. All over, I put it everywhere I you know, put the social media, Twitter, Facebook, FramingPaterno.com. It's easy to find, along with a whole bunch of other documentation and video on what I'm about to tell you. So I give them my name. I see my name written in handwriting at the bottom of the page with all the people who are registered for the event. I am told, Mr. Ziegler, can you please come over here? We'd like to speak to you individually. Oh. And I'm like, okay, that's not good. So the organizer of the event says, um, Matt does not want you to attend this event. Now, I immediately, and this is all on video. You can see it for yourself, framingpaterno.com. I immediately say to this person, you don't think that's odd? You don't, you don't think that's interesting that, that, here, that, that, that your sex abuse victim doesn't want a journalist to attend? Forget about Forget about you know what I'm going to do or might do or might not do because I got no plan. He doesn't even want me in there. But she's like, no, I don't find that out at all. Okay, or whatever. And she says to me, we're going to let you in, but you need to make sure you understand that Matt is not allowing any recording devices, which is also odd if your mission is to spread your truth, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. Well, it's only weird. It's only weird if you're telling the truth. It's not that weird if you're lying and you've told 8 million different versions of the same story and you can't keep it straight anymore. <laughs> so that then it's odd. So then I get passed off to a police officer who introduces himself. Hi, Mr. Ziegler. I'm Officer So-and-So. You need to make sure you understand there are no recording devices and we don't, you know, we don't want you to be disrupting this event. And I said to him something to the effect of, wow, okay, this is going to be a really interesting evening. No, yeah, and then he said, I'm glad we live in a semi-free country. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. Okay. Well, apparently we don't even live in a semi-free country because when we come back, it was more than interesting. And it's greatly in doubt whether we live in a free country anymore on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And we're in the midst of telling a story where you might interpret it, Leah, as me trying to be a hero and failing badly. Uh, and uh, we'll explain exactly how that all happened in the next uh, 15 minutes or so. But let's revisit where we were. So I go to Pennsylvania to attend this uh, speaking event of this uh, fraud, Matt Sandusky. I get there. It's clear I have been targeted. And by the way, it got I have a little bit of that. Um, if you'd like to hear the targeting. Sure. Well, go ahead. Play it. Okay, here we go. Uh, it's interesting that Matt doesn't want me here. Don't you think that's interesting? You don't think that's interesting? So, so Matt specifically told you, I don't want John Ziegler here. That's interesting, don't you think? Don't you think that's interesting? No, no, I just, I just think it's interesting that Matt would specifically say, I don't want this one person here. That, does that make you wonder at all? Not at all. No? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Well, because you got to remember. It's very funny. (laughs) Well, you have to remember, these are people who have bought into Santa Claus. Oh, of course. So they are five-year-olds believing in Santa Claus. And so that person uh, is the organizer of the event. And then I I was forced to talk to the policeman. And then I was let in. And let's be clear um, why I was targeted. I was not targeted, like, for instance, like um, Al-Qaeda gets targeted or ISIS because I've made some sort of threat or I've committed some sort of crime in the past or, you know, there's nothing like that. In fact, I there was not a shred, not a shred of me on social media about this event at all. And I know and Uh -uh. I and I had no plan, none other than to be there and see what was up. Now, I had no idea, Leah, one of the things I wish I had which I don't, is what I guess is called presence or charisma. You know, like like rock. rock. <laughs> I've d- always wanted that, too. Right, like <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, the rock. There's a guy who walks in the room, and everyone goes, wow. Your, you your, your eyes go right to him. Donald Trump is clearly one of those guys. Your eyes go right to him. He impacts a room just by being in it. I have yes. never been able to do that. Until Thursday night, (laughs) I walk into this room and apparently I am able by my mere presence to disrupt an event that hasn't even begun yet. Right. This is amazing. I so I walk in, let in because I have a ticket in my own name, let in by police. I go and I I look where I want to sit and I want to sit in the front row because I want Matt to know I'm there. Right. I want to get in Matt's head and you a, want to intimidate exactly. the speaker. Right. I am going to be there so he doesn't know what I'm going to do. Now, it also gives me the option to, to call an audible at any moment and maybe do something. I don't know. It's all going to play it by ear. But I want to sit there in the front row and make sure he knows I'm there. The front row is wide open. Now, there's a section that clearly has a sign next to it says reserved. Mm-hmm. The right side of the – this is a high school auditorium, public school. The right side did not have a sign that I saw. So I sat down. The organizer of the event comes to me, and she's still very nervous, <laughs> very nervous. <laughs> and she thinks – she says to me, did you put a recording device on the stage? I said, no. What? No, I did not. I put my cell phone charger into the – uh, outlet, which is at the bottom of the stage, and you could see it oh right there. Oh my goodness! Right. Of course, she's going to think you put something up there. Right. So, 
so what I said to her was, you know, <laughs> I said it very casually. I said, you know, maybe you should be even just a little bit as suspicious of Matt as you are of me. And she's completely oh, flustered. She, she she has no idea. What, what, and I and I, I I don't know exactly what transpired in the conversation after that. It, what didn't get heated, but I did look her right in the eye at one point, and I said, "You need to know, you are sponsoring an event, honoring an evil, evil, evil person." Oh. And I and and she looked like she saw a ghost. That's what she looked like. She looked See, like she saw a ghost. So, you should have waited to say all this stuff. What, I mean, because the, you're like warning her, I'm going to do something. No, wait a minute. That's, that is, <laughs> wait, hold on a second. I was targeted as in a prior restraint of well, my that's free true. speech. That's true. I that's mean, true. I hadn't said anything. I certainly hadn't said anything publicly. This was a one-on-one conversation. So, and I didn't, I wasn't saying I'm going to go get this effer. <laughs> I didn't, he I, said I, he was evil. Well, he is evil. So then, so she gets up and she's and and someone next to her says, you know, he's sitting in the reserved seating, which I didn't realize. And I looked around, and behind the seat I'm in, there appears to be a sign that says reserved. And she uh-huh. and she says to the person, she says, no, just leave him there. Don't worry about it. Like basically, I don't want to deal with this guy. Right. Let's just leave this alone. That was, and, but so I was told. I was I was specifically told I didn't need to leave. A couple minutes later, a policeman comes over and says, yeah. you need to get out of this, this section. And we have to have all this on video. Again, at framingpaterno.com, you can see everything we're talking about. It's clearly on video, and it takes me about 15 to 20 seconds for me to stand up. Now, when I'm right. standing up with my cell phone and charger in my hand, which is all I have with me, I'm indicating I'm complying with your wish. However, I'm asking a very important question, a question that would turn out to be incredibly important, and I'm asking it because I'm sensing I'm being set up. All right, at this point, I am targeted. I'm sensing. I'm, you know, if this was uh, Lost in this Space, this is the third attempt at you. Right. Well, okay. You remember the old TV show Lost in Space with the robot? I do. Warning, warning, danger, <laughs> danger, Will Robinson. Yes, yes. Right? So, I mean, I'm actually tweeting at this point. I'm tweeting about how likely I think my arrest is. During, well, <laughs> seri- half jokingly, half seriously, and so I'm asking the, the police officer a very serious question. I'm saying, are you telling me to leave the reserve seating as a member of law enforcement? In other words, by the authority of the law, are you? Are you and is this the is this the the purpose of law enforcement to enforce the seating at a public event? What is reserved and what's not? The police officer would not give me an answer. Mm. I asked him numerous times. He specifically would not give me an answer. Now that's important. For a reason, which becomes incredibly significant moments later. The reason why that's important is I'm I'm trying to figure out, am I getting an order or am I just simply being asked to move in an intimidating fashion? Which right. And there's a big difference there. Huge. Huge. Because I think most of the time people are so intimidated by police. They, that's me. They presume that a suggestion or a request is an order by the law. Yeah, that's me. Yes, sir, officer. What do you need me to do? Right. Okay, thank you. Well, it doesn't account for someone like me who doesn't give a damn, and I'm <laughs> I'm not intimidated. I'm not intimidated, and so so I didn't get an answer, but I did move, and as I was moving, much to my shock, 
and very reminiscent of the Katie Couric event, a second police officer comes and shoves me three times in my back, and it's actually worse than it looks like on the video. On the video, it looks fairly bad. It, It hurt. And I was like, what the hell just happened? So now my alerts are at a 9.9, okay? So, but I move to the non-reserve section. So now I'm about in the 10th row on the aisle, and I'm just sitting there waiting. And the event's not starting. Yes, it's, it's at this time, how late is it? About 20 minutes late. Now, okay. it's obvious in retrospect that what's happened is Matt's refusing to come on with John Ziegler in the audience. Much like O.J. Simpson refusing to come out because we were there. It's the same thing. Except O.J. had a reason. I was blocking his path. That's true. I wasn't doing anything. All I was doing with Matt Zanuski, I was sitting in my seat playing on my phone. That was it. Waiting. Here's Here's what I was guilty of. I was guilty of having a differing opinion than most people and having actual knowledge of the case. That's what I was targeted for, having actual knowledge and a differing opinion. In a free country based on the First Amendment, that's uh-uh. That's, that's completely illegitimate. So then the police come over again. Mm. And this time they say um, the superintendent of schools has, uh, and I don't have the exact phrasing, but something to the effect of has uh, instructed us that uh, you, you need to leave now. You need to leave this event. And I'm like, why? What? What are you talking about? What? what yes. What, 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 for what reason? I've done. I did exactly what you asked me to do. I'm doing nothing wrong. And at no point do they tell me you are under arrest. Now, this gets me back to that first interaction or the second interaction with the police when the reserve seating, because I'm still thinking this is in the suggestion category, not in the order by law enforcement or else you're going to get handcuffed and arrested and charged yeah. with some sort of bogus crime if you don't do it, what, what we say. And it's, inc- it's also incredibly important to point out the time period here is ridiculously short. I am given about 10 seconds, maybe 15 seconds, Leah, after I'm told I need to leave the premises to make a decision as to what to do here. Because if I leave, I'm never coming back. No way. No way I'm getting back in. I've come from Los Angeles to see this thing. I have a ticket in my name. I've done nothing wrong. And if I leave voluntarily, Leah, and you know how my brain works, if I leave voluntarily, not only do I... Do I concede defeat, which is really wasn't even in my mindset, but that's 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 unheard of. That's what would have happened. I would have, you know, Matt would have clearly been the winner there. But that's not what was my motivation. My motivation was this. If I leave on my own. On a suggestion, which I'm again, I'm not being told I'm under arrest I'm under a suggestion. I am voluntarily giving up my freedom of association because yeah. I have a ticket in my name to a public event yeah. in a public place. I'm giving up my free speech. I'm giving up freedom of the press. Because I'm there as a journalist, I, yeah. and I'm giving up all sorts of incredibly important constitutional rights. As and I'm mulling over this in my head, they decide this, the conversation is over. And oh, they, it's done. And they grab me by the arms and they yank me out of my chair. I'm sitting yes. down. They yank me. They to the point where my sneaker, my left sneaker, gets pulled off. They then drag me across the floor of this auditorium. Now. I have to say I'm a little bit proud of myself where I realized, okay, I'm toast now. <laughs> uh, and there's like 200 people watching this. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be my last chance to say anything. That's right. So in a lickety split <laughs> decision, I decide to make 
one statement. <laughs> and I think you have audio of that. Uh, no. You don't? I don't have audio you don't of have, that. You don't have audio of me being dragged out? No, I had the audio of the original when you went in there. Okay, well, we had a miscommunication because there is audio. We did. We, we have, okay, I'll get it, and we'll take a break, and I'll come back and play it. All right, we'll do that on the, first, <laughs> on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon, and we are in the midst of an epic story that, unfortunately, we're not going to have nearly enough time for, but let's get right back to it. So I'm in Pennsylvania at this Matt Sandusky speaking event. He's a fraud. I'm there just in case there's an opportunity to expose him as such. Uh, the police, for no reason whatsoever, yanked me out of my seat, for which I have a ticket in my name, and I have to make a split-second decision. Okay, this is my last chance to say anything. Yep. And so as I'm being dragged out, as my sneaker is being pulled <laughs> off, as I'm being already uh, injured by the police, here is a couple-second snippet. And by the way, this is not the full clip because the person who was videotaping got intimidated god love him by the police and stopped the recording in the midst of this but this will give you a little snippet of what happened this is what happens when you want to tell the truth about matt sandusky folks <laughs> now that's not where i stopped at before they got me out of the auditorium after i said this is what happens when you want to tell the truth about matt sandusky i said he is a liar I said he is a corrupt liar. And at that point, they got me through the doors of the auditorium. And all I remember, Leah, is I couldn't believe how loud it was. The slamming of the auditorium doors. And the next thing I know, I am body slammed to the ground. I am body slammed by two big police officers. I fumble my cell phone. I go, I go to grab my cell phone because I'm thinking, holy crap, I want to record this somehow because I know no one's recording this now. They That's right, because you're out there in the hallway. I'm in the hallway where no one is. As I'm getting my cell phone, it's like I'm Cam Newton in the Super Bowl with a Denver Broncos takes my hand and rams it against the floor. So I fumble the cell phone again. Wow. I, I've got bruises and cuts on my hand. I, they, they grab my hands, they pull them behind my back. Now, at no point, at no point am I told I'm under arrest, which is incredibly important because in order to resist arrest, you have to know you're under arrest. That's right. And I was never told that. I got pulled, hands behind me, handcuffed hard, hard. And then I get told, stop resisting arrest. And I'm like, really? What are you talking about? I'm not. And I scream because I know people in the, in the auditorium can still Could hear, hear me. Cause, mm -hmm. So I scream, I'm not resisting arrest. <laughs> and um, and as, I, as it turns out, I've got absolutely something bad happened to my knee. I told you about the hands. I think my shoulders hurt. My back was wrenched. Uh, and it was, I'm like, this is. It's brutal. No, no, no. I actually felt for the first time in my life. 
I'm not making a direct comparison, but I've got a sense of what it must have been like to be a, a young black guy in the Deep South in, like, 1962. I mean, that's how this was. Because, I, I mean, I'm a white male conservative on the wrong side of this issue from the popular perspective. I got yes. no protection whatsoever. Um, yes. And so they, they handcuffed me hard. I got, I'm gonna, later I will have red marks all over my wrist. They, now they try to get me out of there. <laughs> they try to get me out of there. They try to be cute. By taking me out of the back entrance, except as they go to the, they take me to the back entrance. Guess who's standing there backstage? Matt Sandusky. Matt Sandusky is there, and of, and I see him, and I start screaming, "You're a coward, Matt! You are a coward!" So why don't I have this on video? Because <laughs> it doesn't exist. So then, yeah. So then I get taken out, and um, and I get put in a police car. I, uh, this takes all this takes forever. I get taken to the police station, and then the worst part of the whole thing to me can you can you you know imagine this psychologically? I'm put in a holding room alone, where they they cuff my ankles to the chair. Oh. And they take my stuff, and my cell phone is in reach, but they tell me I'm not allowed to access it, so I can't communicate with anybody. I'm in a room by myself. And they don't tell me for how long I'm going to be there. I don't know if it's going to be five minutes. I don't know if it's going to be five hours. An hour and 40 minutes go by, and I got to watch my phone exploding. Oh, with, yes. With, Social media with, was going nuts. With with text messages, phone mm-hmm. messages. I'm thinking, yep. oh, my God, my wife is going to find out about this. Holy cow. I, and, and, and I can got to remember, at any moment, I can reach over and get my cell phone. But I don't do it because um, I'm trying to be a good boy. So uh, and so that lasts for an hour and 40 minutes. I then get arraigned. I get told by a judge via Skype that if I'm convicted, they charge me with trespassing. Huh? Trespassing. You had a ticket. I know. Now I had a ticket. I was let in by the police by name um, I, I, for trespassing. Two different counts of trespassing. And I think two different counts of resisting arrest, which I already told you was ridiculous. And this judge tells me. If you uh, are convicted of all counts, you face a maximum of nine years in prison. You are kidding me. Nine years in prison. And the first thing I'm thinking is, wow, you know, as a married guy, I don't really fear prison that much. Um, (laughs) But then, of course, I'm thinking, oh, my God, my daughter is almost four years old. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking nine years in prison. Why couldn't it be during her teenage years? Um, No, I'm kidding. I obviously... And I'm not. This is that's never going to happen. Um, even as insane as this whole situation is, I mean, I was I'm completely innocent, and I'll fight all the charges till my death. And um, you know, unless, you know, you know, it's interestingly, at five years ago, I would have been thinking this is actually good, because it disrupted the event. Um, I'll never get convicted of the charges, and I'll have a hell of a civil case against these people. And yeah. in the end, this will all work out well. I've lost so much faith. In humanity, the Everything. system, the country. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I will say there was one little bright spot. You know, you, you really find out who your friends are in these situations. So after this night of hell, I drive back to Pittsburgh because I'm supposed to play Oakmont Country Club the next day. We were playing, yes. the, playing the U.S. Open. And miraculously, the guy who's hosting me, I, I can't believe he did this, in 54-degree weather, we play Oakmont, and it's you know, kind of drizzling. His wife joins us. 
he, he hasn't played in three years because he's had an illness, and he and he, he he can't play 18, but he insists on me playing 18. Oh, and, that's uh, so cool! Uh, it was amazing. But then we have dinner, and who shows up for dinner? But NFL Franco. legend, NFL legend, and <laughs> Pittsburgh icon Franco Harris. I saw that shows up for dinner, and we take a picture together in the uh, the Oakmont Men's Grill Room, and and Franco's given the thumbs up uh, between uh, himself and my host and me, and uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, Franco's a hell of a guy, and um, one of the people I respect most in this. In fact, the person I do respect most in this entire fiasco. So, if you want more information on what happened, it's all at FramingPaterno.com. Lee, I'm sure we'll talk more about this. Maybe oh, yeah, for to months. be continued. <laughs> yes, uh, and tomorrow at freespeechbroadcasting.com is the podcast for this show. So long, everybody. See you next week. Good night.